Bible says there is new possibilities with faith. New things can arise as you walk by faith. What looked impossible can now become possible. Hi, welcome to the Pastor Scott Huffman podcast from Lighthouse Church Ministries. Today we're continuing our series on faith. We know that faith pleases the Lord, so today's message is, how do we get faith? Pastor Scott is going to be focusing in on the parable of the sower and the seed. Are you glad to be here? Are you glad to be in the house? Praise God. Our our broadcast is heard and viewed around the world, but we want you to join here right here at Irvine in our Sunday service. And what a blessed service we just had. We worship the Lord in the spirit and the girls were fantastic and God blessed us. Praise God. You know, there's healing in worship. Praise the Lord. Remember, it's Memorial Day weekend. We celebrate that. We honor all the servicemen that have given their lives for us. My dad was uh, in the army in World War II. You say, when was that? Well, it was a long time ago. Uh, it went from about 1942 to 1945. Uh, my dad was in officer's training, and he was going to be an officer in two years. They pulled him out of that training and sent him over uh, immediately over to Europe. He landed in France, and there he uh, fought in the Battle of Bulge. Look it up. My dad carried the Browning rifle, which is one of the biggest semi-automatic rifles you can carry. He was a big guy, 6'5", 220, kind of a stud. And uh, he survived the war, obviously. That's why I'm here. <laughs> but uh, we honor all the servicemen for those that have given their lives in service and those that have just given their lives uh, to be a part of the military. We give thanks for the military, amen? Praise God. Without that, we'd be in trouble. So happy Memorial Day and uh, enjoy the day. And let's remember all the brave soldiers who have served us faithfully. We salute your family, your friends, and your loved ones who support you. Let's turn to Romans 10, 17. Romans, New Testament. It's important that you learn the books of the Bible. If you don't have a Bible, we'll buy you a Bible. But after that, we're not going to buy another one. You take good care of it, right? (laughs) You know, I'm amazed how many people come to church without a Bible. And all over the country, they do this. I don't really get it. I guess they put the Bible up on the screen. We choose not to do that here because we figure you need to get into the Word, you need to get your fingers in there, see the Word, see the Scriptures. And so we're old-fashioned, I guess. But um, I learned it that way, and because I'm the pastor, I get to do it that way. And uh, I love to read the Word of God. When I was born again at age 14 on Palm Palm Springs on a balmy night, uh, the first thing that happened to me was a love for the Word of God. I love the Bible. Everybody say, I love the Bible. It's the best textbook you have on life. Praise God. Romans 10, 17. Let's read it together. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you and praise you for the gift of faith. We thank you for salvation. We thank you for the presence of the Holy Spirit. We pray now, Lord, each person that's come, that you would touch them, minister them, increase their faith, draw them closer to you, Lord, help them to cast your cares, cast their cares on you, for you care for them. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we've been teaching on the fantastic subject of faith. How many people enjoy learning about faith? Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. Faith is one of the primary subjects of the Word of God, the fundamental subjects. I love to teach on faith because the spirit of faith is the spirit of victory. And I don't know about you, but I want to walk in victory. 
I want to walk in success, don't you? And the way to do that is through the vehicle of faith. So then the question arises, how does faith come or arise in our life? How does faith grow? Great question. You say, how do muscles grow? <laughs> what do you have to do? You got to go to the gym, right? Or you got to go outside and pound some weight or uh, pick up some hay bales or do something, tires. <laughs> when, whenever you put resistance on your muscles, it creates tension and that resistance creates muscle mass. And so uh, that's how you develop muscle tissue is by exercising, right? How do you create heart tissue or increase your heart tissue? Cardiovascular disease. You run, baby. You run. <laughs> you skip. You, you uh, dance. You do everything that's aerobic. And that develops your lungs and your heart. You know, they say that the Tour de France is coming up. How many people know about the Tour de France? The fastest, most amazing bike race in the world. And it occurs in where? France, right? And it, it begins July 1st. It's one of my favorite races. It's the most grueling, epic race you'll ever see. 21 days of pure misery. <laughs> These guys are crazy. You want to know what their resting heartbeat is? Some of them are about 30 beats per minute. Now go ahead and feel yours. Okay? You'll be lucky if you can get 60. They go down to 30 beats per minute. You say, Pastor, what's the point of that? Because the lower your heart rate is, the bigger your heart is, and the more your heart pumps, the more it can what? Rest. Pump. I'm just kicking back. Pump. Um, but if it's going poof, poof, poof all the time, you have a weak heart, right? Or a heart that's not developed. So uh, these guys have incredible cardiovascular systems. They're literally like machines almost. Well, that event's coming up very soon, and uh, I'm certainly going to watch that one. I don't know if you are. So how does faith arise in our life? Let's begin with our opening text. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. We know that without faith, it's impossible to what? Believe, excuse me, please God, for he that comes to God must believe that he is and a rewarder, rewarder of those that diligently seek him. You say, would God reward me? Absolutely. When you walk with God, he rewards you. I don't know about you, but I like to be rewarded. <laughs> I'd rather get than be taken away from, right? God wants to impart life into your life, blessing into your life, increase into your life, prosperity into your life, vision into your life. He wants you to help you overcome those things that are stumbling you in life. And we all stumble, and we all fall, and we all face difficulties in life. But God wants to make you an overcomer in this life, and you can do it through the power of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? So you can't please God without faith. He that comes to God must believe that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. We must diligently seek the Lord. That's the problem. Some of us go, well, I'm into God occasionally. I'll, I'll give him an hour on church on Sunday, but the rest of the time is my time, you know, my go time. Well, I would say that'd be a mistake. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and the rest will be added unto you. Jesus said, make the kingdom a priority in your life, and the rest will be added unto you. He didn't say, seek me, and you're going to live a bummer life. No, he said, seek me, put me first, and I'll bless the rest of your life. I'll bless the plans of your life. For I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord's, plans of good and not evil, to give you a future and to give you a hope. God has good plans for his people, and he wants to work those plans out. 
Sometimes we go through the fire, we go through the flood, we go through hard times. We've all been there. And I'm not going to tell you being a Christian is always easy. And I'm not going to tell you that you don't go through hard times because I've had my share. And I've got a few going on right now. But you know what? We went through fire, we went through flood, but the Lord brought us into great fulfillment. The fire didn't burn us and the water didn't overwhelm us. Hallelujah. Oh, there's an anointing there. Praise God. There is a rescuer in God. He rescues us from our troubles. Hallelujah. So God demands faith. And you know what? You'd have a right to challenge God if he didn't give you faith. That'd be unfair. You know, it's like, go play football, but don't use a football. Well, that's pretty tough. <laughs> go read a book, but don't, don't add, you can't use a book. No, God says, use your faith. I'm pleased with faith. Well, where does it come from? It comes from God. It's a gift. For by grace are you saved through faith, that none of yourselves. It's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So salvation is a gift, and faith is a gift. And when you become a Christian, when you get born again, Jesus said you must be born again. When you accept Christ in your life, you get the gift of faith. Now, what you do with it is your choice. You can go bury it in the ground and waste it. Or you can develop it and use it for the furtherance of the kingdom of God. Can I hear an amen? How are we doing out there on the internet? Good? All right. Praise God. All our family is out there, our internet family. You see, faith opens up new possibilities. So you say, Pastor, I'm trapped in my life. I feel like there's no way out. I'm, I'm in a bad situation. I'm between a rock and a hard place. I'm, I'm surrounded by this and that. Fear on every side. Doubt even at the point of despair. But yet the Bible says there is new possibilities with faith. New things can arise as you walk by faith. What looked impossible can now become possible. And all things are possible to those who believe, and nothing is impossible with God. All right, praise God. <clears throat> new boundaries of faith. But we must utilize this gift of faith. It's been granted us, and there was a price that was paid for that faith. Jesus' death on Calvary's cross. First of all, we've already said that faith's a gift. It comes with the point of salvation. And uh, it's a supernatural gift. It's a heavenly gift. It's a heavenly materiality. Things that are heavenly, you can't see them. But that doesn't mean they don't exist. In this room right now, you say, oh, I see a few chairs. I see some carpet. I see a nice view outside. But there's more in this room than you think. There's the presence of God in here. God is in here. The Holy Spirit is in here. There are angelic beings in here. There's also a demonic world that exists too. And there's a confrontation between the two. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of darkness. Resist the devil and he will what? Flee from you. You can tell the devil to take a hike. If you resist the devil, he's got to go. <laughs> Isn't that good news? Because we have the authority in Christ. We must use the gift of faith to reap the benefits. Let's go back to Romans 10, 8 and 9. By the way, does anybody have that out there? I think I'll have you read it. This comes from the New King James Version. The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Right. So the word is near you. 
It's in your mouth and it's in your heart. The word of faith which we preach. But if you believe in your heart under righteousness and confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, you will be what? Saved. You will be delivered. You will be healed. You're not going to get healed in your life. You're not going to get delivered in your life until you begin to confess it. That takes boldness. You go to work and you tell your workers, I'm healed in Jesus' name. They go, you look like a mess. (laughs) You look sick to me. No, I'm saying it by faith. I'm healed. My body may look bad, but my spirit's alive, and I believe I'm healed in Jesus' name. You speak words of faith. You speak words of life. And it doesn't matter what your coworkers think or what people think. You're saying it unto the Lord. Amen? And God receives it. Continue. Read verse 13 while we got you reading. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord. Somebody said, did God choose me or did I choose him? Yes. <laughs> What's that mean? Both. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. But God said, whoever shall call upon my name shall be saved. So we choose and he chooses. They work together. Isn't that cool? They say when you get to heaven, you'll say, whoever believes upon the Lord Jesus Christ, whoever drinks of the living water will be saved. And as soon as you walk through the door, you'll look back and say, you didn't choose me, but I chose you. (laughs) How do you like that? And I don't know about you, but I like to be chosen. I remember as a kid, we used to play games and sports. And if you were the last person chosen, that was a bummer, wasn't it? Well, I'll take Harry. Somebody's got to take Harry. Get him out here. I'll take Susan. She's terrible, but we'll work with her. (laughs) Kids could be me. But we want to be chosen in life. We are chosen in him. We are accepted in the beloved. Hallelujah. Praise God. All right, verse 14. Now then, shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? How shall they hear without a preacher? You guys should give thanks to the preachers. You know, some of you want to get rid of all the preachers. That's a big mistake because God appoints preachers to preach the gospel, the good news. If we didn't have any preachers, we wouldn't have anybody preaching, right? Not all preachers are perfect, granted. None of us are. But God has anointed us and called us to preach the word of God, to be faithful to the calling that's on our life, and to bring people into the kingdom of God, and to see people saved, delivered, healed, filled with the Holy Spirit. And that's our job as pastors. Hallelujah. I've been doing it for 25 years, and maybe one day I'll get okay at it. All right, next verse. Verse Verse 15. And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. So, you know what? When I look at my feet, I have to say they're beautiful. They're not really, are they, Marilyn? But I have to say them because I'm preaching the gospel of good news. (laughs) So we've been called to preach the gospel. And you've been called to hear the gospel, receive the gospel, receive the word, and be changed thereby. Now, I'm going to close today with the parable of the sower and the seed. This is the most important teaching Jesus ever gave in the Bible. So underline it, highlight it. And by the way, uh, if you didn't get all the notes today, you can go back and listen to us on Facebook. Go to Pastor Scott, Lighthouse Church, Irvine, California, and you can go back and hear the whole broadcast once again, anything that you didn't uh, receive today or didn't remember. Let's go to Mark uh, chapter 4, verse 13. And he said to them, that's Jesus, Do you not understand this parable? How will you understand all the parables? 
See, Jesus gave many parables. You say, Pastor, what is a parable? A parable is an earthly teaching about a spiritual truth. So it's something very simple from an earthly point of view, but it has spiritual meaning attached to it. And Jesus said, if you don't get this one, guys, forget the rest of them. You've got to know this one. Because this is how the kingdom operates. See, so many people don't understand how the kingdom of God operates. And because they don't understand that, they don't receive from God. See, God wants you to receive from him. He wants to bring change to your life. He wants to bring blessing to your life. But you have to activate, activate that change through the power of faith, right? And so many Christians don't understand this. So learn this parable, Jesus said. Okay, next verse. The sower sows the word. And these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. These likewise are the ones sown on stony ground who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness and they have no root in themselves and so endure only for a time. Afterward, when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. Now these are the ones sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word, and the cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desires of other things entering in choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. Let's stop right there. Okay, so everybody know what a farmer is? Farmer in the dell? A farmer does what? He sows what? Seed. And if he sows corn seed, what does he get? Corn. My dad used to say when we would go to Colorado, he'd go, I'm just going to sit out here by the cornfields and watch them grow. You don't get it. How fast do they grow? Real slow. I'm, good luck if you see them grow. But in other words, I'm going to sit out here and do nothing. <laughs> I'm just going to bid my time. <laughs> Be lazy. So when you sow corn, you get corn. When you sow wheat, you get wheat. When you sow barley, you get barley. When you sow the Word of God, what do you get? No! Faith! Faith! <laughs> No, you didn't flunk. You just came a little up short. <laughs> faith comes. You want faith, okay? If you've got wheat seeds, you want wheat. got corn seeds, you want corn. If you've got the Word of God being planted in your heart, you want faith. That's the goal, okay? And the more faith you get, the better you're going to be in your life. The more blessed you're going to be. You see... There was a man in the Bible, he was a prophet, his name was Samuel. I love the prophets. Because they were the kind of guys that they would show up and go, all right, here's the word of the Lord, I'm going to give it to you. And everybody would be going, go ahead. <laughs> and then they'd hear it and then everybody would freak out because he was speaking from God, right? And he could just say whatever he wanted to from God. And so a lot of them were afraid of the prophets. And I understand that. Because sometimes the word the prophets brought was not so cool, <laughs> Like, you guys are blowing it, man. You better change. God's not too happy with you right now. And uh, so the prophets had great authority, and people were nervous about the prophets. Well, this guy Samuel was so accurate. I mean, these guys would know things that you couldn't believe. When a man and wife, a married couple, would go to bed, some of these prophets knew what they were talking about in their bedroom. Is that incredible? Like, if a king was sharing with his queen... The plans, military plans, he knew about. I heard that. <laughs> now, how does he do that? He's got the ear of God. God knows all things, and he's hearing from God. And the reason God did that is because Israel was at battle with their enemies, 
And God would thwart the enemies because the prophet would say, I just got a word. They're coming around the corner over there. We better send a military. <laughs> and the kings would get mad. How does this guy figure it out? Because he had the word of the Lord. Amen. So we sow the word. Now, the first case, Kelly, what was that? It sowed where? On what? Stony ground? The seed was sowed on stony ground. And what happened there? It had no what? It had root and root in itself. If you plant a crop on stony ground, good luck. If you don't have good soil, it's not going to produce, right? And these are those that hear the word, and Satan comes and steals the word out of their heart. All right, then what's the next group? Tribulation, persecution comes for the word's sake, and they stumble or fall away. You ever heard of somebody, yeah, I came to the Lord in that crusade. I came to Christ. But I gave up on it because I had all these troubles and tribulations and I thought, it's not worth my time. You're one of those. You stumble because of persecution. But blessed is those who endure to the end, right? Then the third one, the word is sown amongst thorns and thistles. And the thorns and thistles do what? Choke out the word of God. And it doesn't become effective in their life. And so when the, when the word is choked out, you're not going to receive the gifting of faith. It won't operate in your life. Now read the fourth one. But these are the ones sown on good ground, those who hear the word, accept it, and bear fruit, some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some a hundred. So they receive the word in their heart. And now here's the key. The word must be received in your heart. Casey and I were talking about this. Not in your mind so much, but in your heart. Because heart, the heart is where you believe. You say, Pastor, what's the heart? Is that the love boom, boom, boom? Boom, boom. Well, that's your physical heart. But your spiritual heart, or the, the heart is that part of you that is the emotional part of you. It is the seat of the emotions, the Greeks called it. You must believe in your heart, okay? And so when you believe in your heart, then faith arises. But if you don't believe in your heart, it won't arise. So faith is developed through the gifting of belief in your heart. And as you believe in your heart and you stand on that word of God, it will begin to produce. First you get a blade, then you get a little bit more, then you get the ear, and then you get the full crop. Some people give up too quick, you know, like, well, it didn't work for me. I was praying and believing God for something, and God didn't hear me. God let me down. Well, you gave up. You dug up your seed, you knucklehead. You went out in the night with a shovel, and you dug up the seed because you looked at the seed and said, there ain't nothing there. Ground, I put the seed in there. I don't see anything. I've watered it. I've fertilized it. I've got sunshine. It's not working. It takes time. But if you'll let that seed work, it will begin to what? What's the word, science people? Germinate. And when it germinates, it begins to grow. When it begins to grow, it begins to develop. And when it begins to develop, it begins to produce. Faith will produce in your life. A great crop. Some 30, some 60, some 100-fold. Do you want 100-fold results in your life? I mean, there was a guy, and we'll close with this, a guy named Obed-Edom. Call him Obed-Edom. Kind of a weird name. And the Ark of the Covenant was where the place where God dwelled. They set the Ark in his house. King David did. And they put the Ark in the house, in the corner. Well, let's just roll it over here. Oh, that looks like a good spot. And let's put a sheet over it. Now, the Ark of the Covenant was this box, gold box. And uh, inside the box was the Ten Commandments. Aaron's rod that budded, and the jar of manna that fell in the wilderness. And on the top of the box was the mercy seat. And above that 
were the two cherubim that faced the box. Anybody ever seen uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark? Go see it tonight, and then you'll know what I'm talking about. It's a pretty good movie as far as the ark goes. God dwelled between the two cherubim above the mercy seat. God dwelled on the ark. So they put the ark in this guy's house because they didn't know what to do with it. And all of a sudden, the guy starts prospering. It's like Christmas came early to this dude. Where'd you get that new Corvette, man? (laughs) Why do you got so many friends now? When did you get married? I didn't know you got married. How is God blessing you so much? Everything you touch is blessed. God promoted you at work? No way. Nobody gets promoted. See, that's the blessing of the Lord. It maketh rich and adds no sorrow with it. God wants to promote you and bless you if you seek first him and his kingdom. See, the problem is people want it, want that, but they don't want to seek God first. You've got to seek God first. You've got to pay the price and seek God. Then God will begin to bless your life. So Obed-Edom for three months was so blessed, nobody could understand it. Why was he blessed? Because the ark was in his house. And when the presence of God is in the house, you're going to be blessed. And if you're a Christian, the presence of God dwells inside you, the Holy Spirit. And you are blessed whether you know it or not. And that presence of the, of the Lord will bless and enrich your lives for the glory of God. Let's pray. Thank you for listening to Pastor Scott Huffman from Lighthouse Church. Visit IrvineLighthouse.org for church information. We also go live every Sunday on Facebook and Instagram. Jesus said the parable of the sower and the seed is the most important parable of the Bible. Let's be sowers of the word that yield good crop that produce 30-fold, some 60, and some 100-fold. Blessings to you, and we'll see you next time.